0: You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Ng. Joyce, we're back. It's it's a big week. The debut of No Time to Die, which was scheduled to come out 45 years ago, uh, is now out this week. The final James Bond film uh, with Daniel Craig as James Bond perhaps some Oscar aspirations in the below the line categories. And as you were saying, right before we recorded a Grammy winning song already as the bond theme from Billie Eilish.
1: Yes. uh, Also called no time to die a song that I have not heard.
0: So Joyce, I'm going to play it for you right now for a little bit. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. This is, I will do it live as, as a Bill O'Reilly on set. Let's see. Can you hear this? Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a lot like this and then she's like no time to die i mean
1: that that sounds like
0: a Billie eilish song so it does so there's a potential it, uh right there right off the bat an oscar nomination for Billie eilish perhaps
1: i mean that's what they were going for last year when they had her perform you know at at the, the ceremony in 2020 before you know all this went down yes. <laughs> and we never saw each other again so there that was after her grammy sweep she does have a new album this year, so she could go on this whole adventure again. And if it's nominated, she'll perform that. She, she could be up against Beyonce. It,
0: like, it's shaping up to already be a great original song year because you have that. You've got, uh, like you said, Beyonce for King Richard. There's original songs from Cyrano, which the trailer was just released this morning. You kind of heard a taste of it from the guys from The National. Uh, it's a fun a fun, there's a, you know, a D-Rev and Hanson song. Uh, there's a potential, you know, like I'm sure there's like, they'll find some original song from In the Heights. I don't even remember. I think they added a new one maybe. So I feel like there's plenty of options. Maybe uh, there's a new, who knows? Is there a new song in West Side Story? We'll never know. We, we will eventually. We don't know now.
1: Sure. And then I think, is it Tick, Tick, Boom too or no? I don't know. Yeah,
0: don't well, know. Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, but those are, yeah. So there are potential original songs. And and like, there's one from Respect too, right? Like with J-Hud? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, all those really good contenders potentially, especially after last year, which I got to be honest, I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. Who um, how dare you forget about Hussevick? But Husevich
1: <laughs> that was our win. baby.
0: Husevich. I know it didn't win, it didn't win. but it should have won. <laughs> it definitely should have won. Uh, I believe uh, was it the her song that won from uh, Jews and Black Messiah?
1: Yeah, it was it was her, her who is like an industry favorite. With Grammy yes. voters and apparently Oscar
0: voters too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Billy Eilish for No Time to Die. Uh, the James Bond franchise uh, has had a not really a big Oscar uh, legacy, let's say. But Skyfall was a big nominee. I think it had like five nominations, maybe, and uh, then it won for Adele Skyfall, which is a yes. great song. And it,
1: it also it won sound editing in in a tie. Yes, with um. What was it? Was it Zero Dark Thirty?
0: Yeah, right. Twenty twelve yeah. movies. Yeah, so Zero Dark 30. Oscars. Yeah, and then uh, the the Sam Smith song, uh, "The Writings on the Wall" from Spectre. How could we forget that win? So Joyce, we were talking before, you've never seen any of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. It's
1: true. That's one of my uh, pop culture blind spots. I've just, it was, it's just something that passed me by. Uh, So I've never seen a Daniel Craig Bond, nothing against him. I love Daniel Craig. Um, I'm wearing my eat shit shirt right now from Knives Out. So (laughs) my knives are not out for him and his Bond. I just haven't seen any of his Bond films, Uh, but I have seen other Bonds uh, my friends and I actually started a Connery rewatch after he mm. passed last year. Wow. So we have one more left. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, so I don't know if I'll see no time to die. I mean, I, uh, at some point I thought we were never going to see it. Like no one's going to see it, you know? So
0: I, I'll, I'll let you, see, i let you, I, I'm actually I not,
1: you know I, how I feel about long movies. It's like three hours long,
0: <laughs> the three hours long. We were talking about this before too. Uh, I, I want to see long movies in the theater because I just feel like the distraction level at home is just difficult. So I will see James Bond. I'm actually going uh, this evening to see it in the theater. Oh, I'm wow. going to go. I'm going to okay. my so, so
1: report back play. next week uh, yeah. about it's uh sound editing or sound chances, I guess, since it's one category now.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like it definitely feels like a movie that could have like a lot of below the line, uh, Juice let's say so you have the Billy Eilish song Like we said uh, coming off back to back James Bond song wins so like The I guess if there was a, a potential favorite in that would you Say it's the favorite I mean it won a Grammy like you Said right like it's like uh, it's 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 got to be a favorite at this point.
1: I mean, it's just I feel like the category would need to be like really because it's not like that song was a hit by any means when it came out like no. twenty seven years ago. You know, yeah.
0: and I think it was and, pretty divisive as a Bond theme goes, just because it's like very, uh, it's like a funeral dirge. You know, Adele's song is like banger. <laughs> yeah,
1: Skyfall it was it was no Skyfall or whatever Adele's going to release next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like even writing on the wall, I think is kind of bad, but like it's better it's more of a, uh, there's more to it maybe than the the billy eilish song i don't know it just feels like the billy eilish song as you heard there it's like it's a dirge uh, it's not like it's, an. it sounds jam.
1: like a billy eilish song yeah. so it's like you know not, nothing against billy eilish but that's that's like what i expect from her you yeah. know so uh, but i feel like if, if there's like a huge like monster hit like like a shallow type of song if something like that breaks out then it's right. like sorry to no time to die
0: Right you know. So that's, that's one potential. The other, uh, I, I was looking at this actually cause I did a, a review roundup for this site that was, uh, just burned it up. Uh, but no, uh, and it was, uh, when I was doing that, I was researching, you know, the below the line, it's Hans Zimmer score, which I haven't actually listened to yet. I, I like to like watch the movie first and then listen to this for personally, cause I like to see how it fits. Like when I'm listening back, I don't know. It's maybe a peculiar way to do it, but I haven't, it's on Spotify. I just haven't listened to it. Uh, Hans Zimmer also has a score for Dune up, Potentially. Uh, well, see, I think that one is probably the bigger score, but again, we'll see. Uh, Linus Sandgren. Am I saying his name right there, Joyce? The cinematographer. I think
1: I think it's Linus.
0: Linus. Well, he is an yeah. Oscar winner for La La Land. Another yes. great uh, cinematographer on a James Bond movie. Obviously Roger Deacons did Skyfall. I'd argue he probably should have won for, for Skyfall. The editors are Tom Cross and Elliot Graham. Tom Cross uh, was a winner for Whiplash and a nominee for La La Land. And Elliot Graham was a nominee for Milk. Uh, so there's like a lot of below the line talent hilariously not directed by uh, Damien Chiselle, despite all of Damien Chazelle's uh, <laughs> past collaborators, but it's directed by uh, Carrie Jojo Kuganaga, who's a great director. I don't think, I just don't, I don't even think he's a serious, he, I don't even think I, there's no serious contention or buzz around him as a best director contender. Uh, seemingly there was going to be a blockbuster Best Director slot it would go to Denny Villeneuve for Dune, uh but people do love Carrie Jojo Fugenaga. I just in all the reviews nobody has even like floated that as like a a clickbait headline, like
1: no, I don't think that's like a narrative at all that anyone is peddling. No. Like like no shade to him at all. Like no,
0: you know. but right there if even if all of those I could see all of those other ones honestly though a potential at least. That, I mean editing would be tough because like you're gonna have like Best Picture contenders in there, but like it is a big action movie. And while it is two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes, I'm going to assume it's like where very well, uh, there's a lot of choreograph choreography or whatever. And, you know, obviously the sound, like you mentioned as a possibility score, the song, it could get like three or four nominations. I'd say, I don't know. I mean, I just don't, I guess the thing with the bond and I was like, what do you think about this? Like, is the Daniel Craig as someone who's never seen them is the Daniel Craig <laughs> bond, uh, farewell something that like people are really like, I feel like they're trying to make it into like a rise of Skywalker slash Avengers type culmination. And I'm just like, I don't think people consume bond movies in that fashion, even though they've tried to do like a world building thing with this bond franchise. I don't believe it.
1: No. And it's like, it's so old. It's like, we know what to expect from it at this point. I think the conversation everyone has around bond is like, who's going to be the next bond. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we've known for years, like this is going to be his last one. And I think maybe like it would have been different had it come out on time last year, but also it was going to be released in April last year. So remember he hosted like S like the last, like regular SNL before, you know, everything shut down in March. So it was like already like a month in advance, but like, you know, they always have like long press tours. So I don't know. And it got like pushed back like 53 other times before, you know, this release date. Um, And I, I feel like he, you know, he is like, like my, my friends have seen his bonds and like, they were like, and, and, you know, Skyfall is, is the most acclaimed one. So I think, you know, he, I don't know where he would rank since I haven't seen him, like in the pantheon of bonds. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's a farewell to him, but it's also like, okay, it's like, we've known this for so long. And I feel like, Now it's just like, who are they going to cast? And then, you know, it's the whole thing. is like, does Bond have to be white? Um, Can he be gay? Like, what if we do a woman? And like, everyone, like, even the stars of the movie have like, differing opinions about this. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for like, the Oscars, you know, like, below the line stuff.
0: Yeah, I I don't see, I I think that the Bond best picture should have been Skyfall. I'm I'm still, like, another one people don't forget uh, meme for me is that Skyfall wasn't a Best Picture nominee. I feel like that year it should have been the nominees uh, from that year were Argo, which won obviously Amour, Beast, of Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings, and Zero Dark Thirty. That's actually like a lit lineup. Like I really love a lot of those movies. I just think Skyfall should have been in there too. It's so good. Uh, Joyce, I think if you're going to see one, that's the one to see. It's quite quite good.
1: Also, don't forget like Javier Bardem got a SAG nomination
0: (laughs) for that one. Uh, incredibly good in it. It's so fun. Uh, Him and Daniel Craig are great together. I feel like with the Bond movies, usually, especially with the Craig ones, it feels like every other one is good. So that's another reason to be excited maybe for No Time to Die. Casino Royale is like, you know, a rejuvenation of the franchise after like the a really messy, disastrous ending of the Pierce Brosnan era, which was just like... Which
1: that was was the last uh, or the most recently released Bond I've seen. Die
0: Another Die Another Day. What a... Just awful. So that's like a real nadir of the I think of the recent movies. So then Casino Royale was like, a, we're going to take Bond back. It was kind of like Batman Begins style. And like, we're going to do like a gritty thing. They brought back Martin Campbell, who did Goldeneye. And that's great. And Martin Campbell was like an awesome action director. Totally fine. Quantum of Solace stunk. Mark Forster off of like Finding Neverland, I think. Right. Like they just like, it was like, oh, we're going to direct have like a acclaimed indie filmmaker make this Bond movie and totally lose control of it, basically, uh, seemingly. Uh, and then Skyfall was after Quantum of Solace. Dope. Really good. Sam Mendes, like, perfect fit. Then he did Spectre as the follow-up. Boy, that stinks. I watched it again uh, recently, Joyce, to be prepared for for No Time to Die. (laughs) Woof. Really rough. Uh, And I think that was the one afterwards Daniel Craig was like, I'd rather, like, slit my own wrist wrist than do another one of these. So he must have really enjoyed the production.
1: Yeah, like, it's been a long journey with, like, what was going to be his last movie. Yeah.
0: And then this one was supposed to be directed by Danny Boyle. And then they had creative differences, which I mean, I've seen Daniel Craig talk about in like uh, interviews and he was just like, you know, it happens. He It doesn't seem like it was very much a lot of animosity there, just like it just didn't work. And that was another reason why this one was like a little space between Spectre and this and then the pandemic, obviously. And here we are. Uh, the other big star in it is, of course, uh, my pal Rami Malik best actor your fave,
1: your fave best actor winner ever my,
0: my favorite best actor winner of all time over bradley cooper for *Stars star is born uh he's the villain uh christoph waltz is in and i believe it's like a cameo he plays blofeld which if you've been watching the uh, the connery ones uh, you'll you'll remember mm-hmm. blofeld obviously uh yeah i mean it's bond we'll see i don't i doesn't based on not based on the reviews and everything it definitely is not like i don't think like like skyfall is a pga nominee that year right i don't believe that like uh, this would get in as a PGAs even based on the reviews. Like Skyfall reviews were like over the moon.
1: Yeah, and I think if if like there were, were like a hard ten um, best picture nominees, uh, you know, like there is now, like Skyfall could have probably gone in as yeah. like a populist like number ten, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know what, like. No Time to Die, like like its predecessors, like Skyfall, it'll probably make a killing at the BAFTAs.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you it will. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. We'll have a Christoph Walt supporting actor nomination or something mm-hmm. at BAFTA for his two two scenes of his Blofeld in this. Uh, so No Time to Die, Joyce. That's great. Let's talk about a movie you and I have both actually seen. This is a I know. a great like, movie. <laughs> We've done it. We found one. Mass. You finally watched Mass. Yes.
1: I finally watched Mass which is also coming out this Friday. It's yes. it's going to destroy No Time to Die at the box office obviously.
0: Big yeah. box office hopes for me. Yeah, Mass big big
1: hit team. incoming so it's going to save cinema. Um yeah, I I really liked it. Um I know you did too. You it was your favorite from Sundance.
0: Right, you were it saying? was my favorite. Well, it was my favorite Sundance that I watched at Sundance. But then I have watched okay. Coda since, and I, I loved Coda more. But I think Mass is really great. I was I was weeping watching it. I had like oh a- wow.
1: So like I don't I don't like cry at like movies or TV shows. <laughs> so, I'm not a crier. I cried Are you a crier. Time.
0: Oh yeah, every single thing I cry at. Oh my god. So, so the so last bad. time
1: I cried watching. Okay, so I've only cried watching movies two times. The first was when Mufasa died in the original uh-huh. Lion King. Sure. And then, uh, in Stepmom, when nice. Susan Sarandon tells Julia Roberts, "I have their past, and you have their future." Great. And then the last time I cried uh, was watching TV when
0: uh, Doctor Green died on ER. Uh, of course, those are yeah. good. Those are good cry ones. I yeah, just cried so everything. Been,
1: it's been 19 years since I've cried. Wow, <laughs> like watching
0: something. Uh, so but, I cried a mass, yeah. but I also thought mass beyond the emotional level. I just thought it was like uh, just really well done. I was mm-hmm. like. It's one of those movies, that's why I was like, I kind of don't want to overhype it because I think like it's just very small and like not a pejorative way. Like it's just a small movie and you're kind of like not exactly sure where it's going to go. I I, I was like, you know, and it's basically just these two sets of grieving parents having a conversation the whole time and uh, incredible ensemble. It's the kind of ensemble work that I was like, I don't think it'll ever get a SAG nomination, but it actually... Should probably. Right. I was,
1: I was thinking that the entire time I was like in a previous era, this would be a SAG nominee for ensemble, but I don't think so
0: now. So the cast is, uh, Ann Dowd, Martha Plimpton, Jason Isaacs, and Reed Bernie. Uh, all four have like very, uh, I don't, I think it's a very balanced group. I don't think like anybody Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, has like, nobody is a lead. I would argue. And I think while Martha Plimpton and Ann Dowd, I think have the more emotional moments. I think Jason Isaacs and Reed Bernie are also great. And Jason Isaacs is like, so I think he's like, he was my favorite part, honestly, even ahead of Ann. Uh, But they're all great. And they work so well together. Uh, I just was like, yeah, like I'm like, I wish it was. it, It won't happen because it just seems like there are other bigger movies and ensembles, but like, it is such a great, Ensemble, and I think if one of them was bad, the movie would just desperately not work. Like if somebody in there was like not a great actor, and if they didn't work as well together as they do, I just don't see how it even exists. Like I I can't imagine it.
1: Oh yeah, no, because it's like like ninety minutes of them just talking in one room, and you might think it sounds boring, but like I did not find it boring at all. Like I was Mm -hmm. like riveted, and I don't, I didn't find it hard to watch either. Like I know that might be like. A barrier to some people when they just read the synopsis in the way, but I, I'm also like a bad person to gauge this stuff on because I don't really find this type of stuff like difficult to watch. Like I'm like happy to watch it, but mm-hmm. I think like the way it deals with grief and trauma and the way it's written, um, and performed, it's it's it felt like very natural. Um, yeah. and yeah, and like yeah, I also found like all the performances really balanced, which is also why I was just kind of like. <sighs> It's like, you know, like after Sundance, like Aaron was just like, and out, (laughs) like supporting actress. And, you know, like this entire time, I just kind of felt like it's something we just want to happen for her. Cause listen, I love and out. I would love for her to win an Oscar as well. So it kind of felt like to me that like, she was like the best performance of the quartet. And then when I was watching it, I was like, they're all like, I slacked you. I was like, I like them all equally. Like, I think they're all great um yeah and then it's like like martha plimpton i was like wow like why
0: is no one talking about her <laughs> she's uh incredible in it i think it's she's so good the synopsis i'm gonna i think when you mention the synopsis just for people watching this i don't even think this is a spoiler because it's the, actually the entire movie is it's like uh, it's in the trailer <laughs> it's in the trailer so uh martha plimpton and jason isaacs are our husband and wife and their son was killed by the son of uh, Reed, Bernie and Ann Dowd in a school shooting. And so they kind of meet up in this like grief process in the process of, you know, their grieving uh, grieving process to discuss this, what happened and their lives and how it like kind of very much affected both of their families. And it's just incredible stuff. It's also like a movie where there's really, you have empathy for both, sets right like i think if you hear that you're going to be like oh like the and out and reed bernie side you're going to be like against them because their son is a murderer but uh you really don't there's no allegiance you know you don't take a side really and i think the movie doesn't take a side It just kind of like here's a thing that happened that was terrible and how do people move forward from that terrible moment uh yeah martha Clinton's incredible in it i i thought she's done so many great things but i was like i guess she's like would you say she's like a surprise? I I don't know. I was like, I was just like so impressed with her performance. I don't know. I don't
1: know if it's like a surprise, but it was just like, she just like really delivered. I I don't know. Like, yeah, it was like, I thought they were all great. And, and like, yeah, like, Anne just, she has like the final like monologue, you know? So, and like we were saying last week, or I was saying like, I think if you have like a really good, like, opening to a movie and a really good and, or a really good ending. Like that's what people remember. So maybe that it's just like her final like monologue staying with people. But like you said, like they all have like equal time, like monologuing about like their characters feelings and how they're processing everything. And like what, like they're, they're the guilt, you know, especially for like Reed and Anne's characters, like the guilt they felt like knowing and not knowing, or like if anything was like, you know, quote unquote wrong with their son yeah. and like what would make him do this. So yeah, like it's very balanced. Like I don't I don't think any one character is like favored. It's this is not like an argument about like screen time, like who has more. Like I like uh Jason and Martha like have a little bit more because they have like this whole thing with like a flowers <laughs> it went on a little too long for me so they have like a little bit more screen time but it's like completely irrelevant
0: yeah i will tell you this i didn't so i watched mass at 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 sundance which just means you watched everything on your computer right and like right. i had a link for it or whatever and uh i knew it was about like a i knew it was about like a school shooting right or whatever like the aftermath of a school shooting and the way the movie opens i found like unbearably intense because i wasn't sure where it's set did you feel this way at all when you were watching it i mean you kind of like knew like Um, i
1: I, I knew like because i had like seen the trailer by then so i I was just like waiting for them to arrive it does take i don't know maybe like 20 minutes for them to
0: arrive and like in the beginning i was just like oh god like is this gonna be like i wasn't sure where the mass shooting occurred so i was like am i gonna have to sit through like a mass shooting here in the beginning (laughs) And then, like, move on to, like, the grieving process. <laughs> and then it's, like, six years later. <laughs> right. I was in shore and it was, like, very much stressing me out. So, I was, like, I didn't love that at the beginning, and I was kind of, like, this the whole time. I just don't want to, I don't need gratuitous violence at this point in my life, but uh, Ellie, there's anyway, There's no violence in it at all. There's none. It's nothing. It's just, like, them talking, which yeah. is fine. So, Anne is, like, well ahead in supporting actress, according mm-hmm. to, like, experts, end users, and everybody. Uh, Kirsten Dunst next, The Power of the Dog. Like we had mentioned, I think previously, Marley for, Matlin for Coda, Judy Dench for Belfast, and Anjane Ellis for King Richard are like in the top half there with like Ruth Nega kind of like inching her way up for passing, which just screened at the New York Film Festival. I mean, like you said, is this a thing where we really want Ann Dowd to win an Oscar or is it a real thing that could happen? I don't know at this point.
1: I I, I definitely think the first part is true. Like there's something, especially in like, the bubble we're in, like a lot of people just want her to win. And then, you know, she did have like raves and like a lot of hype coming out of Sundance. So she had a, a longer runway on like her potential rivals, you know? So I think it was like completely natural for people to like immediately her in into predictions and just like not update in the past couple of weeks, you know? Um, but yeah, like we were saying before, like the film is very small. And, you know, I, I think it, might suffer from just like not being a top priority when people like see what it's about. Like they might just think like, I don't know if i want to watch this right now, or maybe they start watching it and they like stop and like, don't pick it up again. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. We had talked about this and this is no knock on like bleakers here or any distributor, but this definitely feels like the type of movie that like, were it like, we talked about this with like passing, I think like, were it on Netflix or like, were it being like, Netflix makes movies uh, a thing by the sheer nature of the platform and by having millions and millions and millions of people just have it. So like when you put Netflix on and you see like a box for passing, you're going to be like, what's that? I guess I could watch it. Mm -hmm. But like without that, without being available like that with mass having like a traditional theatrical release and then obviously like a VOD rollout thereafter. uh, Yeah, I'm like, I just wonder, hopefully people do watch it. The one thing I will say is Everybody I've talked to who has watched it really does like it.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't like it, but I also feel like it's like people like us who are watching it and
0: like critics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I definitely, and I'm like, well, but people who will see it will like it. Yeah. And I, like,
1: I feel like it needs, yeah, it it would really benefit from like a streaming platform like Netflix. um, And also it just needs like really good word of
0: mouth like for people which i think it will have
1: yeah like organically to find it and then to like tell people about it and be like don't be like spooked by this log line you know
0: um and i guess the other thing too though is that like with Anne at the top of like our predictions i feel like people are gonna just probably watch it on the sheer by the sheer fact that she's like it predict, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, I have to watch this if If everybody thinks Andy is going to win, I must have to see this, mm-hmm. right? Like that But then kind I of wonder thing. if
1: they'll have, like, the same reaction like me. It's like, Martha's really good, too. Like, true. I'm going to vote for both of them, you know? Yeah, or like, it's true. I think Martha's better than Anne.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Jason Isaacs is, like, hanging around in the Best Supporting Actor race. I would agree with that as well. I thought he's so good in it, but I don't have him getting nominated. And I think that race will kind of shake out differently if you look at our odds. The combined, it's like, Richard Jenkins for the humans, uh, it feels like a a possibility. We were talked about Bradley Cooper last week. Jesse Plemons still there for Power of the Dog, which is just like I don't see it. He's not in it enough. And Cody Smith McPhee is like way more of a factor in the movie. He's also on the list, obviously. Jared Leto for House of Gucci. I mean, the wig work alone. Why not? Corey, Hawkins listen, he for-
1: came so close last season. So. Yeah.
0: Corey Hawkins for Macbeth and, and then Searan Hands Hins for Belfast. All of those are like strong. And Jason Isaac's in there. So that's like a good group for him to be in. And I think we'll see some of those. Like I said, I think the more people like you, like you have said, uh, people kind of put these folks in and then like don't really update. And once they see Power of the Dog, I think we'll see that level off on Clemens. It's not that mm-hmm. he's bad. I just think he's like the Yeah, like Cody is
1: the one important. being
0: Yeah. It's like the fourth most interesting performance of the four. Yeah. So like. I think will be saved up for Jesse Plemons when he's in killer of flower moon next year. Right. First I mean, show just show.
1: watch him. Like, you know, maybe they just fall head over heels for power of the dog. And he just gets like a coattail nomination.
0: I mean, it would, you know what it would remind me of. If he gets in, it would be like, uh, like Keith Stanfield last year. Like I could see that, I guess, but, with, but without like the, the confusion
1: over even though he was right. campaign and lead. <laughs>
0: right. I mean, I could see that though, where it's like both Smith McPhee and Jesse Plemons get in just cause. I mean, yeah. People, like
1: that was, you know. it's just like, I mean, this category is like fairly like open as well. Yeah. And if like, they're just completely apathetic to these like other movies slash performances and maybe, you know, it's like I'm voting for Cody. So I might as well vote for Jesse. Cause yeah.
0: I, I mean, like it's I'm not, not- like I said, he's not the, it's not, he's not bad at all. He's quite good. It's just, his like, I just think if the three other performers in that movie are the bigger headlines. And I think Jesse Plemons, before the season started, people had him like at the top of our predictions, just on the sheer name recognition alone. So I think like- he that's, feels like, like
1: someone know. who's like been working his way towards right. the
0: nomination. Right. Um, the other spot for Mass we have, and where it actually has a, at the moment is in, is a original screenplay. Fran Kranz wrote it. He's an actor you would know from Dollhouse and uh, Cabin in the Woods. In the woods. <laughs> so good in Cabin in the Woods, love him in that. Yeah, he plays well, like the the nerdy Jamie Kennedy kind of character in that movie. Um, so good. Uh, so he wrote and directed this. He's a. I interviewed him at Sundance. Name drop. He was very nice uh, in our eight minute video interview with five people at once. Such a great format for a, a long conversation. But no, he was very nice. Um, the other nominees in that category, as predicted now licorice pizza, which we talked about last week from Paul Thomas Anderson. Don't look up from Adam McKay, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast mass. And then Wes Anderson for the French dispatch hanging around as King Richard, uh, and then a hero and come on, come on. I was seeing like somebody on Twitter was like speculating that King Richard actually could be adapted because while it's in a, I think it's an original script that might've been like a little bit based on a, on like a Serena Williams bio, but I don't think that's true. I don't know. Um. So it's possible. Um,
1: I I think it's like her her dad's. Like, I don't think it's like a memoir. But I I right
0: and it is. I like he could have like
1: written something.
0: You know right and it is like an original script from Zach Balin. Hmm. So I I actually think that'll get in. I I mean King Richard. Not to sidetrack, but I'm like I think that'll get in. So it's like that's still. I, I feel like that's another category at the moment where it's like a lot of well, of course, nominees, like from a, from a predicting standpoint, like Adam McKay, of course, is going to get it for don't look up, but we have no idea how that's going to play or if it's going to be good or whatever. Um, You know, French dispatch, Wes Anderson, another like no brainer kind of like placeholder, like it's Wes Anderson. But yeah, I think that it's here right now already, I think is like a endorsement for it. I could see it kind of hanging around and maybe getting in Um, definitely like the adapted screenplay category this year feels a lot more crowded Because a lot of the bigger movies are like adaptations, so I don't know. It could get in, I guess.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, for mass, I feel like, like if it's like Anne, like she could like. Their chances are, if she gets in, she might be like a lone nominee, you know, like without screenplay um because i i can see like i think that the film really would really have to like take off or to make screenplay like to get multiple nominations you know yeah so i can see it getting in or not getting in um and then yeah like adapted yeah there's more more titles um and then i i don't know how i feel about like Macbeth either because they don't normally nominate shakespearean adaptations (laughs)
0: So we'll see. Yeah, about while that. we sidetrack slightly on screenplay, it's Power of the Dog, it, it, well out in front, Nightmare Alley, which no one has seen, Tragedy Macbeth, Coda, which is actually an adapted screenplay, House of Gucci, Lost Daughter, The Humans, and Dune. I actually think Lost Daughter could really end up being like at least the nominee and if not the winner there for Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think if people. He won Venice. It won Venice. People, I, I, including me, really like the movie. And I'm like, kind of surprised at how well it continues to play. It played in New York film festival, I think last weekend and was like really well received across the board. Um, I just feel like that's like one of those, like Jordan Peele, Greta Gerwig nominations is waiting to happen where it's like a performer slash very famous person writing a script. That's actually good. And like people like the movie and maybe this is the spot to reward it. Um, yeah because
1: it's like maybe she won't get into director
0: (laughs) right and if power the dog it's like okay like you know we could jane is director so maybe like not screenplay nightmare alley who knows again not seen try to make that make the tragedy of Macbeth. sure uh again like it had good reviews it's a shakespeare adaptation i don't know uh and then things we haven't seen like house of gucci and lost dog i mean and the humans and then dune on that list i don't believe dune is going to make it there but i think dune will get a lot of nominations below the doom line will
1: probably lead the nominations what's that help. doom will probably lead the nominations. yeah
0: it will absolutely that. should uh it's just going to be <laughs> every below the line category is like a major a factor for it um so we got mass and yeah, that before we wrap up then uh Should we swing back to best actress our favorite category
1: our favorite category like it's everyone's favorite category let's be real
0: like every year I've been writing about like the best actor race and there's so many good best actor contenders and I'm still like damn best actress is still better like this is going to be like the best best actor race in a long time I think like like with like a lot of really fun actors and I'm still like this best actress race is so much better.
1: I just, I just hope it unfolds like last seasons where it's just like a different winter everywhere, basically. Like I just hate like, you know, when like it, I, a lot of times it gets not fun once like we lock in on a front runner, you know, when they start sweeping, especially with a condensed calendar. But now, you know, we have an extra month, the globe's still not happening right now even though they added like six new black members and they're they're trying to make something happen we, we know that but
0: they're trying to make something happen like matt baloney's newsletter and he was like oh they're meeting with like publicists again yeah to, like, try to, so like, they're
1: they're gonna try to like you know probably read off a bunch of winners at some point Sure. Like, maybe so um yeah so i i want a different winner for best actress everywhere again <laughs>
0: So the the combined odds we've gone through, but Kristen Stewart just well out in front at this point for Spencer. She was on the receiving end of a lovely uh, EW cover story this week and profile to like launch her uh, her campaign, I guess. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I have her if I don't have her winning, I have Chastain winning, but I have both of them getting nominated. Chastain is running second. You might have convinced me to switch to Chastain uh, last time we i spoke.
1: don't even have chastain winning. i have Chris. i know but I, I, you, 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 you you changed I, about you. yourself didn't you <laughs> did
0: i convince myself
1: i think you did because you you had her last week didn't you yeah i have Chess- chastain i have chastain yeah.
0: up there uh yeah i convinced myself that's right uh she's she, I just again the transformational thing but chris is where it has that too um lady gaga for house of gucci remains very strong in our combined odds uh you know nobody has seen it the trailer is uh Still a hoot, I'd say. Uh, Francis McDormand for *Tragedy Macbeth*, Jennifer Hudson, and then Penelope Cruz, Olivia Coleman, Kate Blanchett. Olivia Coleman is like ascendant, and I feel like she will just rock it up as more people see that movie. It feels like yeah. she absolutely will get nominated. I can't imagine her not. Honestly, she's so good in *The Lost Daughter*. It's slightly different from stuff people have seen her in before, and obviously the Oscars aren't afraid to like nominate Olivia Coleman. She probably very came very close to winning last year. In, or this year, excuse um, me, awarding actress.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, yeah, <laughs> it was probably second. I guess I I don't know. Sometimes I just don't think about the runner-ups in certain races because I was like, Yoo Yu jung Yun is winning, so right, you know. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, like the father won two other awards. So um, um but yeah, and, yeah. You know. and I think like Olivia, she like I have her getting in, and yeah, I agree that she'll probably crack the top five soon. I feel like people also like hesitant to predict her despite the raves, because maybe they feel like this is not something that would appeal to voters. But I, I think like it would considering the response just from the general public at like all these like festival screenings and they clearly love her. And I think she is in that like sweet spot, like honeymoon, like afterglow period where, I mean, she already got her second nomination for the father. So, but I think she could be one of those people who could like, I don't have her winning yet, but I think she could like pull off like, like multiple best actress wins in a short period of time.
0: Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of uh, Christoph Waltz. I think our whole trajectory just feels like very similar, where it just is like knocking out like big wins And even for things where you're just like kind of an afterthought, like I feel like her coming into the season and even now, obviously based on some of our combined odds, it's like, Oh yeah. Olivia Coleman is in this lost daughter, but like she could easily (laughs) win. I just think it's like very, very realistic to happen. Um, The other thing is like, I was worried that the movie would be really polarizing. I still think it could be from a general audience perspective. And I'm always like, back to like I just how will it play on for people watching at home I'm always like is it gonna because it's a it's like an offbeat film in the fact it, it just is like it the way it moves and stuff and I think it's like it's like kind of need to focus on it and it kind of jumps between time and stuff and you know, I don't know. I, I just, am always curious how things play at home, but I'm like, I was worried that like people would think she's unlikable in it, which I think is like loaded and evil, but it's like the, the same worst term. <laughs> right. But she's really not. And also I think the fact is people just love Olivia Coleman. And I think no matter what, like, I think she's got the audience on her side just by, based on that. So even people, I think even the, the straw man I invented, who would be like, this is bad. She's not nice. Are going to be like, Oh, that Olivia Coleman, what a performer. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think also, you know, it, it's going to be on Netflix. So I think like we were saying before, I think that will help it. Um, and you know, it's from Maggie Gyllenhaal and like, I think she's, she's going to work it. Like she's going to campaign, you know, like this is her baby, like her debut. So, um, and I mean, you know, like Olivia, you know, she doesn't do much campaigning. So I, I feel like if she continues that, like not campaigning much like i think maggie would be like the one you know doing it on her behalf as well you know yeah. like so i think that would help her too cuz then you know like i mean yeah we we can we could have like olivia and frances you know two people who are very like anti campaigning which i love i i respect it so much and like i think that also like appeals to people as like as much as like certain voters you know love like actually like schmoozing with celebrities and like the actors i think a part of them like also kind of is like, Oh, like, I really love like Francis McDormand and Land, And like, I, I mean, obviously last year, like no one could see anybody, but like she wasn't even doing like zooms or anything. And it's like, there's like a mistake to it that I think like people also like gravitate towards. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, the two people we didn't mention who are not in the the top of the odds, but I want to bring up, uh, Katrina Ball for Belfast. I still have her getting nominated in Best Actress, just I think Belfast is going to be like a big thing. We talked about that before. She could be a supporting actress contender. Um, and like, kind of went with what we were talking about last week in our 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 typey typey column about uh, just the Stan the Stan explosion. So for the Best Outlander actress. stands because the Outlander stands are going to be lit up uh, with a, a Katrina Ball nomination. And she's got like a ready-made Oscar scene in that movie. So I really feel like I could, you just as like a lock-in where you're just like, oh man, that one scene is great. And like, that could be enough to get her in. Um, and then the other person was uh, Jodie Comer for The Last Duel, which is out next week. You and I have not seen it yet, um, but she is being, it's seemingly a potential supporting, potential lead, but is definitely a lead. Uh, and they've been, uh, even since before, the trailer came out, have been like very, very cognizant of like this is a major uh performance. I gotta look up uh, Ridley Scott had like a a rave of uh Jody. Oh yeah
1: they they've been drumming up the hype for Jody this whole yeah. time. Because I mean, you know, when it was the project was announced as like Madden Ben writing this like story about the woman who was raped in medieval yeah. times. You know, they were dragged for it. And you know, a Nicole Hollis center came on board to write because uh, it's told in, in different perspectives and one of them is uh, from Jodie's character's
0: perspective. Right.
1: So she wrote the woman's perspective. Right. So
0: yeah. Um, Here, I, but, I found like, the, the quote okay. from Ridley. You ready? It's great. Uh, here's what Ridley said when they released the teaser. Uh, he's very excited about Matt and Ben and Nicole. And then he said, I had admired the show Killing Eve and had been looking for the opportunity to present Jodie Comer with a challenging role. Her performance as Marguerite will make her one of the great actresses of her generation. That's from Ridley Scott. He's working I, with her again. High praise. High <laughs> praise. Uh, he's working with her again in in a Napoleon movie, I believe, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. What What will he say about Lady Gaga? I hope for Lady Gaga's sake. I hope that. I mean, like that's pretty high praise. It's I don't like know, when they. What are they going to the say? the name
1: and like the title, like, replace it with Lady Gaga?
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: yeah, I think I think they're smart to center the campaign, even the poster. It's like I, one of the better posters this year, I might add for the Last Duel. Um, it's like centered around Marguerite, and I think even if she is kind of like borderline, just with the way that the film is structured with the different parts from the different perspectives. Um, I think it's smart to run her and lead, even if the category is crowded and she probably might not get in, but I think they also know of like, they're aware of like the optics of like, we can't put her in supporting (laughs) Like story about this woman who was being raped and wasn't believed. Right.
0: Yeah. It's, uh. And I could see honestly, I I had her so I had her in before like we saw anything like in the summer, especially after reading that, I was like, "Man, really, Scott? I'll trust that guy. He makes good movies, even though I he mean, made this, this, this movie.
1: is this is you know what he excels at, like the
0: historical habit." I was like, I could see her getting nominated, and especially because like we said, like she's a Emmy winner for Killing Eve. Like I feel like she's another actress who's like kind of ascendant and people really like, and has like a good trajectory going at the moment. She
1: also has a a very rabid stand base.
0: Exactly. So I was like, I could see her getting in. And I guess I could still see her getting in, even though it's weird. Like, Last Duel was at Venice. It didn't play any other festivals. The reviews weren't even bad out of Venice. They were actually pretty okay. But I've really heard very little conversation about it. It comes out next week in theaters, um, there'd been, there's been a couple of like the requisite Ben and Matt back to screenwriting kind of stories, which I actually thought would be a bigger deal too, because it's like, we've been waiting for literally, I've been waiting for 20 years for those I mean, guys so have I. <laughs> to write another script and then work together again. You know, they don't, it's
1: actually do like closer to 25 The yeah. one thing was 97. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Don't remind me. I remember <laughs> I saw an opening weekend in uh, Lincoln square. Uh, I was in college when it came out and I, we were, I was so psyched to see And it. It's so good. I still love I it. I
1: mean, that was a great month. We had like a hunting and then Titanic.
0: <laughs> and LA confidential was that year. Just a great <sighs> fall corridor for movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting. I've been like, I just thought this would be a much bigger deal. Obviously it's not like the kind of like we're saying it's a historical Epic about a woman being uh, raped And then the repercussions of that And you know I know the movie doesn't play it The movie plays it that she was raped And then like it doesn't like mess with that But it does mess with like how the men respond So Matt Damon plays her husband And and Adam Driver is her uh, assailant um, uh, And Ben Affleck and, and plays they duel. And then they duel <laughs> And it's the last duel And I gotta say I kind of think I know how it's gonna end uh but i
1: mean you could just read
0: about it yeah on wikipedia it's, on wikipedia. it's great uh, you know, wikipedia. There,
1: there are no spoilers for history guys okay no. <laughs> like, no. also um, no spoilers for macbeth sorry if you
0: haven't read a 400 year old play <laughs> <so> yeah, <laughs> i, I know people her. are
1: gonna be mad
0: <laughs> oh yeah that everybody dies yeah well
1: yeah. what are you gonna
0: do um sorry no but, i was like i could see you're getting nominated and I mean, who knows? Like, we look at that category now and it's, like, loaded, like we've been saying. But, like, you know, does right now, Cape Blanchett for Nightmare Alley, maybe that doesn't perform as well as people think. And Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, who knows? Everybody's got her getting nominated now. But that's kind of, like, I think a little weighted in the fact that people like Lady Gaga and maybe more so on that. Uh, you never, like, Jennifer Hudson is still hanging in there for respect, but I don't know if that movie's gonna be remembered. It came out in August, I think. And like, that's a long time Mm -hmm. ago already. you never know. And like, all of a sudden it could be like, Oh, Jodie Comer and last duel is great. And maybe as more reviews come out, people do respond to it. And does she get like, like we're saying like the, a BAFTA nominate, you know what I mean? Like there's a world where I could see her kind of snowballing to a nomination as the season goes forward. Um, And yeah, it's Ridley's. I mean, people are, I think people will see that movie. I don't know. I don't know how people see anything now but feels like they would. Yeah,
1: I don't yeah, it, I mean it is. I don't know if it's it's like too early for it cuz we're like coming up on mid October. It's coming out next week. Um right. but yeah, like I agree like the hype has been like fairly quiet, like you know, like the press tour around it. Although like our guy Ben, he's he's gotten some good notices for
0: this and the Tender Bar. So I was I was kind of like uh it seems like they've screened the tender bar. I, I they, see, they, they did in in l a over the weekend
1: because, yeah. like both he and George have uh, filming like conflicts, so they had to do it early is what Got I, mean. it.
0: Yeah. so I saw a lot of actually uh, like vague tweets about how it's good and how Ben rules. And so maybe that's like a maybe it's like enough, he'll be like, up a,
1: against himself and supporting actor
0: right. and and no like, well, he, he can't
1: get double even, nominated.
0: And even the mixed reviews of Last Duel have been like, "Oh, Ben is really fun. He's playing like a real jerk, it seems." And then Last Duel—I mean,
1: you could tell by the hair, so
0: yeah. So it's kind of like he's kind of like living it up. Uh, so it could be a, a rejuvenation for Ben Affleck. That's what I mean. Like a lot—we're so early in the season. It's like a lot of these things can change, and all of a sudden you're just like, "Oh, of course Ben Affleck got nominated, or Jodie Comer, or whatever." So I could definitely see it happening um, for her. Like I said, even even amid the very very many heavy contenders in that Best Actress race, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think with a lot of these people, especially ones who are like unseen, like they, like certain things need to like fall in place. And I mean, like we, there could also be like a huge snub, you know, like an Amy Adams esque type of snub.
0: You Amy know, Adams like, for for your for Hillbilly Elegy, you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, last of season, course. You know, you know, SAG nominee. Amy Adams for Hill so like that could still happen because like last year we were pretty kind of like set on the top five. It was just like who was going to win,
0: right? You know, yeah, that's so, true. And like years past, we've had like like a lot of like more uh, maybe fluctuations in the race, and yeah. You know, so yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, Joyce, we're gonna let's wrap up here. Any anything else before we head off? Uh, and I'll let you know how um, Bond
1: is. I don't know. We we went a whole hour is it
0: hour without bringing up succession wow uh so i watched the first two episodes uh of season still three so behind you've seen all seven of the nine that they've sent yeah i will say albums. uh highly enjoyable uh great stuff picks up right after the third the second season ended and as, as i was saying to you i think uh so far, great stuff from Kieran Culkin, who is on the cover of Hollywood Reporter today. You sent me that. I also looked.
1: incredible. Highly recommend reading that profile because amazing quotes from
0: him. He has also my favorite line, in of the two episodes, I think where it's like uh, there's a scene. I won't spoil like specifics, but there's a scene where like uh, Connor is gonna show up.
1: Oh yeah, he's I like,
0: And he's like, "Oh, I thought I heard a clown car." <laughs> so good
1: um and then he does some stuff with his fingers this is not like in a sexual way but like later in that i would just say about that scene um when he delivers that line about the clown car it takes place in kendall's daughter's room and i want that room so badly because it's great
0: very great room <laughs> that was like the other cool thing i will I was say in again uh No spoilers. I I don't think this is a spoiler and the review embargo is up. So I feel like it's fine to talk about it. We're free to
1: spoil it now.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just, I mean, I think one of the interesting things is I think last, and I I would say that like last season, I think the show really leaned into like Kendall as like an anti-hero hero, right? Like it was like, you were rooting for Kendall and he was knocked down at every turn And like Jeremy Strong was so sympathetic, I think, as that character, even though you shouldn't feel like he have sympathy for him. You really did. It was no wonder he won Best Actor at the Emmys. It was a great performance. And this season, I think if you're expecting that same Kendall, you will be very much surprised. And I think that's why this show is so good is because it really does keep the audience on its toes and like changes, you know, the ad campaign for the season has been like, the changing allegiances of the Roy's and everybody like on different sides. And I think that happens for the audience too, where it's like you maybe go into the season thinking like, yeah, F yeah, Kendall stick it to, to Logan. And then by the end, by midway in the first episode, you're going to be like, I'm not sure about that. And I think that's what makes it so good.
1: Yeah. Like I, I don't know, like, I don't really have a preference. It's like, I'm I'm never like anti or pro one person. Like I just love all of them, but like, like I was like telling you about the third episode like that's a really great one because like kendall like slight spoiler he like relishes in like watching his own downfall like he just loves like watching himself like being dragged and then he's he does this like like interview with like a reporter and he's just he's like so excited about it and like what she's gonna write about it like it's great like he just and then you know well i won't talk about the ending but yeah
0: yeah, don't it's, it's, I will keep watching it and keep watching the screeners. But uh you're those who have made it this far and are not like throwing their computers out a window because uh we're spoiling an air quote succession. Uh yeah. it's you're in for a treat. All right, Joyce, and, let's
1: wrap I mean it up. we already spoiled Macbeth, so yeah, sure. Macbeth,
0: everybody dies. Uh last duel, check it out on Wikipedia and uh, in theaters next week. Joyce, have a good have a good one. We'll talk next week. Bye. Bye. Head to GoldDerby.com right now to make your predictions. Follow us on social media at Gold Derby. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?